the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From 1420, The Answer. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Always right radio with Bob France on The Answer. 1036, we do continue now. A stain on our society. That's a good way to describe from the National Fraternal Order of Police. Um, the shooting statistics of police officers. A record-breaking number of law enforcement officers were shot in the line of duty in 2023. In the past year, 378 officers were shot. That's a 60% increase since the FOP first began tracking that data back in 2018. So in what are we looking at? Five years, 60% increase. The data shows 46 officers were killed. Um, last year, 330 shot with the COVID-19 uh, pandemic behind us. And after so many Americans have seen the tragic consequences of the defund the police movement, it was our hope that these uh, numbers, um, those numbers would be a high watermark. We were wrong. They got worse. So 330 uh, in 2022, 378 in 2023. That quote came from the FOP president, Patrick Yo's. Uh, 62 officers were killed in 2022. He said fatalities were down due to improvements in medical trauma science and anti-ballistic technology. The FOP also said that police were targeted in ambush-style attacks. 115 of those ambush-style attacks on law enforcement officers this year. Uh, The ambush-style attacks resulted in 138 of those 378 shootings, 20 of the 46 fatalities. Joining me now to look more deeply inside this, a couple of people, as a matter of fact, two of my favorite guys, uh, the uh, former uh, president of, uh, vice president, rather, of the uh, national FOP, former president of the FOP, Jay McDonald. Jay, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And the current president of the Ohio FOP, Gary Wolski, with us again as well. Gary, good to have you back. How are you? Great, Bob. Thanks for having us on. I'm sorry. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to make it, but I found some time. I'm glad you were able to do it. It's always great to talk to you. You always have such important insights here. You and Jay both, as a matter of fact, we've done this uh, three-way dance before, so I'm perfectly uh, happy to have you guys here. Jay, we'll start with you. Um, uh, That number is pretty staggering, 378. I'm as concerned, though, about the ambush style as I am about the total number because, well, of what that indicates. You know, I mean, it's one thing for police to be doing their jobs and doing aggressive policing, and they've got to take down bad guys who turn their guns on them. It's a horrific part of the job but it's just kind of incidental to the job. It's another thing when they are ambushing, when they are setting traps to get cops to walk into, and 115 times in this past calendar year is pretty staggering, isn't it? Well, it's flat-out horrific. And uh, I don't think police work is as physical today as it was when I started 30 years ago, but it's much more dangerous because of stats like this. 115 times officers were uh, lured or ambushed, uh, with, with uh, out regard um, to their safety. And it just doesn't happen um, in other places across the country. On June 29th, two Montgomery County police officers were shot while they were driving through a parking lot. 
Um, it happens here in Ohio. It happens in small towns and big towns. And it happens across the country 115 times. And that is why we believe that the, the violence directed against law enforcement officers um, needs to be addressed, uh, and it needs to be addressed in Ohio and across the country federally. Um, Gary Wolski, your thoughts? Same. It, it, it's just, you know, and obviously I think we all saw uh, General Yost report the other day that gun violence is down in Ohio. However, I couldn't prove that by any police officers. I mean, there's, there's more violence. There's shootings. The, the communities in the area where I'm from, there's shootings every day. Uh, Cleveland Heights up in this area, you're familiar with, Bob. They've already surpassed the number of homicides they had last year, and today's the eighth. So that should tell you something. And, you know, yeah, I, I saw that report too, Gary, if I may. Um, uh, the Attorney General cited the Center for Justice's research uh, showing that since the permitless concealed carry law passed uh, a year and a half ago, that in all of uh, Ohio's major or many of Ohio's major cities, uh, that actual gun crime incidents were down. No, I'm sorry, hold on, not gun crime, just crime incidents. No, I was right the first time. I apologize. It, was it says gun, crime right. incidents involving a firearm before and after cur- permitless carry. The numbers are down in Columbus, Cleveland, Toledo, Akron, Parma, and Canton, but slightly up in, strangely, southwest Ohio, both Cincinnati and Dayton. Those two areas were the two that showed an increase. Those are the um, statistics cited by the AG's office. Go ahead. No, that, and you know, the, the, the one point I was going to make, that, as Jay said, obviously it, it's a horrific increase. However, fortunately, the number of officers killed is down from, from last year, which... I think you mentioned in your opening, it's a testament to, you know, the training the officers are getting now. Many are, most all are carrying tourniquets with them. Mm-hmm. Um, medical care has gotten much better everywhere for everybody, fortunately. So, you know, a lot less officers are dying in the line of duty. And as you guys mentioned, these ambush things are crazy. I mean, you have stories of officers sitting, writing reports in their car, eating lunch, and people are just walking up to them and shooting them. That's craziness. Yeah, and no question. Something has to be done about it, obviously. Yeah, we'll go back to Jay. Jay, um, the FOP national statements uh, also said these horrifying statistics are a grim reminder of the war on cops in this country, a stain on our society. That war on cops, I mean, it didn't start necessarily in 2020 after the George Floyd death um, and the def- you know the riots across the country. It may have started back in 2014 or so with Michael Brown, but but the war on cops. Some people think that that's just a slogan. It's not, is it? It's real. No, it's absolutely real, and um, and these numbers prove that. And and we quite frankly need a federal response. And and there's been a bill that's been proposed in Congress to to enact some federal penalties to the ambush style attacks on cops. It's called the Protect and Serve Act, and uh, it's introduced by a former sheriff from Jacksonville, Florida. I believe it's 296 is the number. We're having a hard time getting our congressman to sign on to this bill, and I can't understand why. I don't know who would not support federal penalties for ambush-style attacks on law enforcement officers, uh, but that's one of the steps that we can take to lower this horrific number down from three 378, an all-time record high. Um, and uh, these numbers uh, show no signs of abating. So we have to take some action, and that's a good first step. 
Um, Gary, follow up on the war on cops part of this and, and be specific, if you can, about the fact that police officers are so much more, you know, they call it the Ferguson effect. We've all talked about this before, but so much more hesitant to go out there and be aggressive and proactive in policing, even though that might lead to, you know, more crime for innocent victims of, of some of these neighborhoods, particularly in urban urban uh, uh, Ohio centers. But uh, but Gary, when cops can't go out there and be aggressive, it does embolden the criminals to be more aggressive, thus the war on cops, right? Exactly. And that's part of the problem that we face nowadays. I mean, we, we constantly hear stories about uh, you know, our legislators trying to do away with qualified immunity, things like that. Officers don't want to be on the front page of the paper. They don't want to be sued. They don't want to have to go do their job and think before they do something whether what the ramifications are going to be. You know, we need to kind of get back to the broken windows theory where we start dealing with the, the smaller crimes to help us prevent the, the larger the larger crimes. And you know, officers just are different. As Jay said, you know, back when we started, we were very proactive. Cops don't want to do that anymore. You know, obviously they're not going to, you know, not answer calls or anything like that. But as far as being aggressive with traffic stops and things like that, officers just don't do it because the next thing you know, there's a, a video on the 6 o'clock news, and they're accused of all kinds of things that, doing that they didn't do obviously and it makes it makes officers hesitate when they when they go to take action uh gary how damaging has this been to recruitment you know we we see understaffed uh uh, departments all over the country i mean right here in our backyard in cleveland i mean it's brutal there's some 300 plus officers under budgeted amount and i know that's not unique um is, is it because of exactly what we're seeing right now oh absolutely it is and you know i think we're finally seeing some increases being made in salaries. I, I was at a, a Cleveland meeting the other day, and they finally had a, I think they said like 400 people at a recruiting thing, but they've just increased their, their salary tremendously there. But, again, when you talk to people, and you can ask Jay, Jay's, I think Jay's got an ad out right now looking for folks at, in Marion. Nobody wants this job. They don't want to be scrutinized. When, when you can make the kind of money that some departments are making by working at McDonald's and, and things like that, why would you take the risk of being a law enforcement officer when – for you know a dollar or two less, you can have a, a job that's relatively safe and not nearly as much stress or anything. So, yeah, we're seeing that. And you know, Cleveland, sadly, they're down about 50 supervisors because they don't have the folks in the patrol rank to to, to move up and, and fill the openings, which leads to more problems with with officers because you don't have as much supervision on the road as as, as you need. So, yeah, it's been a tremendous problem, and, and it's been since the Ferguson thing, and certainly since the George Floyd thing, it's gotten much much worse i think i don't know jake and fight he's probably i know he just had a couple more guys retire so he's probably a couple more down than what he was a month ago jay go ahead why don't you follow up on the staffing yeah i, I think that's a hundred percent right i i think that in order to re- reverse this uh this recruiting and retention crisis that we're on we're, we have to do a few things we have to pay cops a, a wage that's commensurate with the risk that they take we have to provide them a stable um pension system and we have to have uh prosecutors, judges, and elected officials stand up for cops when they do the right thing. And I think that'll, that'll make a uh, big difference on, on recruiting. Um, you know, going back to these numbers, 11 of the 378 were Ohioans. And, what, and it's not just all big cities. We had cops shot in Sydney and Clayton and Logan and Howland, not, not Columbus, Cleveland, and, uh, and Cincinnati uh, only. So, um, all of those things play a part, and they play a part in this recruiting crisis. 
uh, I'm from a 61 officer agency, um, and and we're three people down. That's 5%. So it is a, uh, and that affects public safety. Yeah, it, it clearly does. Speaking of public safety, I'm going to ask you both another thing. If you just tuned in, by the way, we're talking to Jay McDonald, who is a former uh, president of the Ohio FOP and the former national FOP vice president. Gary Wolski is the current uh, Ohio FOP president. Jay, stay with you here. Are there quotas that officers typically have to meet in departments of traffic stops, of uh, encounters? In other words, when we were talking about proactive policing, officers on patrol used to be you know, out there actually looking for things that are bad so they can try to prevent crimes from happening, and that includes traffic stops to a degree. Um, and when we say that they're hesitant to... Uh, to be proactive anymore because they're afraid of getting shot. They're afraid of getting arrested. They're afraid of all of these terrible things that have been going on in the war on cops. Um, how do we ensure that they're not just driving around in fear all night, not talking to anybody and not stopping anybody? Well, there are there are not quotas in, in, in most departments, and there should not be in any departments. We shouldn't be policing um, and, and uh, by trying to raise revenue, and those are the kinds of things that lead to uh, – to community distrust, but but overall activity um, is not only encouraged; it you should be evaluated on. So not just traffic stops, not just arrests, um, not just warrants served, but um, how many businesses did did we check to make sure that that the uh, the clerk was safe? How many uh, doors did we pull on to make sure that they're locked and there has not a break in in progress? How many uh, uh, you know pedestrians have we uh, checked on to see if they were uh, we're, we're doing okay. Overall activity is what we should be encouraging, um, not just traffic stops and not just uh, arrests. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad to hear you say that. I used to, Gary, we'll come over to you here. I um, I used to be in that camp that thought there were quotas and it was for revenue purposes. You know, they're trying to line their pockets or trying to pull as many people over for speeding or this or that or the other. But uh, I wised up once I found out how many crimes were prevented by traffic stops. Traffic stops that led to, you know, the finding of, of, of illegal weapons or illegal drugs or all kinds of or human trafficking and all kinds of other things that if officers aren't there being proactive on the streets, not to raise revenue and write tickets, but to also, you know, uh, make sure that, you know, things that that, uh, uh, that would have gone otherwise unnoticed are caught, well, then they're just not doing their job. So how important is that to you, Gary? Oh, it's, it's tremendously important. You know, when you have the ability in high crime areas to make traffic stops for, for violations, and, and, you know, one of the issues that we ran across in Ohio recently is the fact that we eliminated the front license plate. That was a huge tool to stop folks and, and to identify criminals leaving the scenes of crimes and things. But we have a, a violent crime task force in, in, in my former agency, and these guys are taking guns off the streets like crazy because they're making these traffic stops and they're, they're they're taking criminals off the street that have warrants. And when you're working, you know they they do all this technology stuff where they're, you know, mapping where the crimes are, the high crime areas for certain type, you know, violent crimes and stuff, and they're concentrating those areas. And they're making these traffic stops and they're taking these bad guys off the street. And, you know, by, a, you know, using a traffic stop with people with warrants, people with guns, people that are really the predators on our, on our older people in, in, in our society. So it's a huge thing. And, you know, no cops are out there writing tickets just to say, oh, good, I wrote 10 tickets. Say, Nobody wants to do that. They, officers still have a lot of discretion. You write the ones that need to be written and, and you advise the people and, and, and warn the people that, you know, you think will benefit from a warning. You know, you stop a, a, a guy for speeding, and he's got 10 speeding tickets on his record. A warning probably isn't going to do much for him. 
Yeah, that that's a great point. And and you know, the last thing I'm going to ask both of you to do, and we'll come back to Jay first. Make a sales pitch. Tell young men or women why they should be applying for police jobs at Marion or at Garfield Heights or in Cleveland, any of the big cities, or anywhere else, given the fact that a record number of cops just got shot. More civilian and citizen review boards and consent decrees are out there with uh, people trying to judge every single move that you make. You know, we're seeing these incredibly small classes in the academy. It used to be, you know, 80, 90, 100 people graduating the police academy, and I think this last time there were like eight. Um What's the sales pitch? How do you convince people that law enforcement is still something that is worth their time and something they should investigate as a career, given all of this stuff? Well, the first thing I'd say is it's because it's a noble profession. It is probably the opportunity is not greater in any other profession to make a difference in our community. And um, and we make those differences every single day. Um and, and there are a lot of people who want to make a difference in their community. The, the issue is is that we have to get past um, the negativity from the so-called activists, the negativity from prosecutors and judges who are looking um, to make a, a political name for themselves. Um, and, and we're and we're starting to do that. It's starting to come back around. The community support is still there. Um, Gallup um, has consistently rated um, through public surveys that the only thing that rates higher than law enforcement and public confidence is the military. Um, and that continues to be true. So um, what I would have to say is um, pay attention to what your family and friends are saying and not what the, the mainstream media is saying about the community respect uh, for law enforcement. And it, it is uh, the pay is starting to come around. The uh, community respect remains there. And even more important than all of that, it is a fantastic opportunity to make a difference. And the, the men and women I work with, not just in the Marion Police Department, but the men and women I work with through the Fraternal Order of Police along with President Wolski, make that difference every single day. Um, it is noble, it, and, and you'll find no better people than the men and women of law enforcement. Um, Gary Wolski, anything to add to that? No, that's, there's nothing else to be said. I mean, that's, I think, you know, I know Jay got into, into law enforcement for that reason, and I did, and I think most guys and gals do for that reason. It's a chance to give back to your communities to make the place a, a better place. And, you know, it, it's easy to complain about things, but if you want to help fix them, you got to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And, you know, getting involved in law enforcement certainly is that. I mean, the, the, the pension is, it, it, it's, a, it's a decent pension. You know, there's some good benefits when you, when you get out. Most cities, like Jay said, the pay's coming, coming up commiserate where it should be. The benefits are pretty good. You know, everybody has health care nowadays, it's, you know, and, and we all know what it would cost to get health care privately. Um, you know, when you can be part of that, and, and it does make you feel good at the end of the day. And, you know, when you, you, you come in tomorrow after working today and you realize that the sector of your community that you were working didn't have any violent crimes or any break-ins or anything, that tells you that you did a good job that day. You know, you were driving up and down the streets, and you may not have seen the guy that was thinking about breaking into a house, but you may have prevented that. And it, it makes you feel good at the end of the day knowing that you did something good for the community. 
That's a great way to uh, to go through your life, too. If you do make a difference in a community and you you feel like you've done a good job and you've made that place safer for other families, including your own, but other, other families as well, that is a very rewarding thing. Because I think about this all the time. Every time I see the numbers and I see the uh, lack of recruiting or the ability to get people to want to sign on the dotted line to protect and serve, I keep thinking to myself, how could I sell it to them, given all of these negative things that are out there? And I think you guys did a great job of doing that. And hopefully that's something uh, that's a message that can get out to some of our listeners right now and maybe. If you're looking for a career and you are of the right age and you have the right temperament, maybe this is something you want to think about. But obviously, uh, it's a tough, tough time with the war on cops right now. Uh, I hope we do not surrender in that war. Gary Wolski, Ohio FOP president. Jay McDonald, uh, former Ohio FOP president and national FOP VP. We appreciate both your work very much. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll stay in touch, okay? Bob, thank you. Thank you both. Thanks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, as well. All right, 10.55. We're going to get a timeout here for the top of the hour. We've got some news coming your way. Then the rest of the show is yours. We are guest-free in the 11 o'clock hour. You can dial 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110 when you are ready. You want to respond to this. You want to respond to anything you heard from Jim Jordan, anything from Tom Zawistowski, or anything off the table. Uh, We'll take it all. 216-901-0945. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.